Welcome to the Hire Yourself Podcast. My name is Pete Gilfell, and I'm here with my business partner, Natural. We're all about helping people become better business people or just get into business. Good morning, Nat. Good morning, Pete. You're, you seem kind of low energy. What's, what's low wrong Low energy. You know, I'm super <laughs> excited about today. Okay, what's going on? Oh, wow. You know, we have, we, we always talk about COVID-19 and, and it's a pandemic, but I think we've got a bigger issue uh, here in the United States. And I was getting ready for this one and and we, we've got a wonderful guest and I think he's one of those people that's going to make a huge impact in the world. And, you know, you always heard me say the size of your life is determined by the size of your problem you solve. And I think uh, our guest today, his what he's solving is absolutely amazing. I was prepping for this. And do you realize in the United States that one out of four people each year experience some type of mental health issue? I am not surprised. It seems like, you know, there's a lot of pressure. <laughs> yeah, certainly. And COVID-19 hasn't helped that at all, right? Locking right, right. us down and all that kind of stuff. So so our guest today is Chris Posh, and he is the founder of Ellie Mental Health Care. And I'm welcoming you, Chris. Good morning. Hey, good morning. Thanks for having me. That energy is like contagious. So super excited to be <laughs> that's, here. That's awesome. You know, I, I really do believe you are going to make a huge impact in the world. And, and so let me ask you this first. I mean, how did you come up with this idea of elemental healthcare? Yeah, great. And I want to go back to your one in four number, because that is an accurate number. The, the scarier part is the percentage of people that have that, that actually reach out for help and services. A smaller number of those people that reach out for help and services actually don't get scheduled because the gap in time is so is so far yeah. up. So the number is scary when you start to, to do the math backwards. Um, but Ellie, so Ellie is was started in 2015 uh, by Aaron and Kyle and me is like the background business guy, right? Aaron and yep. Kyle are two therapists that worked in the government healthcare system that struggled in that system uh, with creativity and innovation, right? They saw gaps in care, gaps in services, and couldn't find ways to break through the red tape of the government system to solve. So they laughed at, hey, like, let's get out, let's do our own thing, right? Yeah. They want to be their own business. They wanted to see clients and and make good and, and fill gaps in healthcare and then go about their lives. Uh, but this is like a, a referral-based business. And as you start to be creative in the services you offer, you start to find um, success with patients. And those patients talk to whoever referred them to Ellie. Sure. And they start to refer more people. These folks start to refer their friends, right? And referrals beget employees. And so you need more employees. And you have to find employees that are like-minded and passionate about filling gaps and solving problems. And yeah. it starts to snowball, right? So Ellie went from, in 2015, the idea was just to have an office in St. Paul and just help folks. We had three employees when we started. We, in six years, have gone from three offices to 16 locations. Wow. Uh, from awesome. three therapists to over... Or about three hundred therapists uh, okay, in total, so, yeah. and we're sitting here talking about this, right? And it was it was really the concept or the idea of there's a gap in this country and access to quality and care, like quality care, right? Access and quality, two things trying to solve and fill the gap of, and we think franchising is the best way to do it. All right, so let's talk about that. So number one, there's there's a shortage, right? So there's just not enough places that I can go get a help, right? So if I raise my hand and say, "Listen, I, I'm struggling with something." They're just, I have to wait like a few months um, and it could be critical, but I mean, there's a significant shortage of, of care out there today. Is that correct? Yeah, correct. Yeah. So th that's amazing to me. And then what you kind of, your point is it has to be good care, 
right? So, uh, so you bring one availability. So I kind of, I've got to imagine when you open up an, uh, an LA mental health care in a community, I got to imagine that fills up very quickly. Yeah. So uh, the first few years when we started, it took us a little bit of time to, to open full, but now our clinic's open, fully staffed, fully full with patients. And in some cases, a wait list already uh, because the need is so great. It, that's sad, and it, but it's so great that you guys can do this. And so you're on a mission to to go out there and provide uh, this help. And you are going to be, I think, the first franchise to be kind of in this, um, we'll call it mental health care. You're going to be the first national franchise. Is that correct? Yeah, the uh, first of this size, scope and scale. There, there was someone that was doing conversion clinics, uh, but they no longer do that. But no one is taking this approach from an entrepreneurial perspective, right? And it's really important uh, when we talked about doing this, that that entrepreneur mindset is really important to me for a few reasons. One is people are passionate about their community, right? We need, we'd be naive to think that I could go to Detroit, Michigan or Austin, Texas and know more about or be more connected to that community and someone that lives there, right? And two, entrepreneurs are hustlers, right? Just by nature, they are go-getters, right? That is, that is, kind of what makes them be successful. And you think about the need to advocate for mental health or evangelize the brand. Therapists don't do that very well. And I don't mean that as a broad brush. They went to school to be therapists, right? They went to a master's program, got a degree, and they want to see patients, right? Entrepreneurs and people that invest in their money can be the ones that are out banging the drum about, hey, it's, it's normal, reduce stigma. Here's Ellie and all those things. You blend those two things together. You get someone that can go be a, an evangelist and someone that wants to do really good therapy, it's a perfect marriage of how to create access to quality. Yeah, no, that's that's awesome. I, I think that's a great solution. When we talk about Ellie, I know there's some things that make you special, right? Whether it's the it's tools that you have, matching tools to get in front of the right person. So tell us about some of the things that make Ellie special opposed to kind of maybe a small office in a community. What, what does Ellie bring to the table uh, in terms of being special? Yeah, I, I think it starts. I think it starts right away from the first interaction, right? So when when someone you said it at the beginning, when someone has an episode or a need or has the courage to make a call and reach out, they want to be able to talk to someone, right? In a lot of cases in this industry, uh, it is a leave a message or send an email because the therapists are all busy and they're reactionary, right? And so yeah. if I had the courage to make that call or send that email, I don't get a call back for two weeks, and then they're two weeks away. Now I'm four weeks away from whatever that episode was. And maybe I don't have the courage to show up or I don't want to do anymore or it's past and I've minimized how serious it was. And so at Ellie, we have we answer the phone all the time. Every phone call gets answered in a certain amount of time. And then once we answer the phone, we talk to you about the things that are important to you. Right. We don't ask for diagnosis. We talk about the things that that gave you the courage to call, what you'd like to do, what your hobbies are, what kind of music you like and a bunch of other questions. And we take all that information and then we can then match them with a the therapist that has same similar interests or serves that modality or whatever that issue they're trying to solve is, and we can get them scheduled, right? And there's something to be said about leaving a call scheduled with an appointment that feels much better than waiting two or three weeks. You might yeah, have to absolutely. wait, you might have to wait a week or two to get in, but you've got an appointment and you're scheduled. So you're not frantically calling around other places, right? You leave scheduled and you know what? You're gonna go feel confident to show up because we said, hey, based on all the things you told me, this is the right person for you. And then when they show up, it works out and they stay, right? The worst thing you can have happen is for someone to go to therapy once, have a bad interaction and not go again, right? It takes so therapist the, time. So it takes that person's time. 
So you guys take the time to answer the phone, get an understanding of what's important to them or what they need, and then match them up with it. And then once they're working with that therapist, right, then the idea is that it's, since it's a connection there, they have a better chance of making an impact with the person. So they continue to get the very valuable services or assistance they need. Correct. That's exactly the plan. Oh, that is just awesome uh, from a standpoint. How do you get these therapists? It's got to be hard to get therapists uh, in today's world. It seems like there's a shortage of, of, of therapists out there. Yeah, I think, I think that's one of the big differentiators for Ellie is the, is the clinician experience. We focus a lot of our time, attention, and energy and resources on making sure the clinician is living a balanced and healthy life in a lot of different ways, right? They have to be, their capacity full so they can fill up people's cup, right? It's a heavy job to take on a lot of the stuff. And therapists exist in this industry in a couple different places, but the main ones are private practice mm-hmm. or healthcare system. And there's benefits to both, right? There's things that are really great about both. And there's things that are difficult about both. And what Ellie would try to do is take all the good stuff that exists in those and, and offer those, whether it be autonomy in scheduling, whether it be um, percentage of reimbursement rate from the prior practice, and it'd be the, we do the marketing outreach scheduling of clients on this side, right? You put those together and we take the best stuff and then we do the hard stuff, right? No one wants to, no one likes billing. No one likes contracting insurance companies. No one likes doing the marketing and outreach. No one likes doing the admin work on the backside. So we try to get all the fun stuff and do all the hard stuff to really let therapists be therapists, right? And when I talk about things like them being centered, the LA match tool, the, the matching tool is just as important for the therapist because they get to go in and they can, I say, turn up and down the kind of clients they want to see. Right. Sure. So if I'm, if I'm a trauma-based therapist and I see a lot of heavy, heavy stuff in a health system, I might just get 30 people put on my caseload that yeah. have heavy, heavy stuff. And that's a lot to carry. So at LA, we would say, Hey, that's what you want to do. Put it on your, on your LA match. And when you feel like you're full, they can go in and turn it down and say, I need, I need something else. I need high school kids that have a different kind of drama or experience than trauma, right? Yeah. And they, they can kind of control the kind of people they take on the caseload so they can stay, like, stay healthy, right? It's important for us, right? Yeah. That they are able to do the things that are important to them. So, th- so this is a, this is for the therapist, this is the best of both worlds, right? I get to Correct. be able to kind of be independent from a standpoint of doing all this kind of stuff. Cause Ellie does everything on the back end for, for me. Uh, so I get all that stuff, but I'm not locked into working for like an employer. So that that's just awesome. So I understand that. Now, when we talk about franchises, how many franchise locations do you guys have open now or under development? Well, so we started this uh, last year. We signed our first deal on October 11th, uh, and we are at 98 uh, licenses sold to date. Uh, we have a couple of cuts scheduled next week, so next week's going to be a big week for us as we cross that 100 threshold. Uh, we have none open, right? So we have 15 people that are in various stage of real estate contracting, so they're going. We started okay. our first one to be open uh, in, by June. And then we'll slowly start to stagger. We'll not slowly. We'll start staggering a bunch of openings behind that as you start to go. All right. So you have you have some corporate locations open. You've proven mm-hmm. out the business model. You've Correct. signed a uh, hundred locations. You got about fifteen people that in various times are going to be opening up. So, uh, yep. Do I have that right? Correct. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, so con- 
that's explosive growth. I mean, uh, to, to place a hundred locations that fast, uh, congratulations. And it, it just Thank demonstrates you. the need, uh, for that. And I think the, the business model is, it sounds like it's very attractive to, to entrepreneurs because number one, it's a good business model. It sounds like, but number two is that I can truly make an impact in my community. So, Correct. uh, it's, it's kind of a win for everybody. What's your vision? How, how large do you want to grow this? Well, you know, originally we thought we were going to sell 25 licenses in the first year and have a little more time to kind of ease into what we thought the growth strategy would be. Uh, <laughs> that's changed, right? We've had a lot of interesting changes over the, as we started to grow through this, right? Like as we started, we, we work with Repum as our franchise development company, and they've been fantastic. And we started to think about like world-class, like we like to be the best at everything that we do. And we know what we don't know. We bring in great people. But we had defined like, we think best in class support looks like this. And it looks like this. Mm-hmm. And now we're shuffling that to define best in class support looks like this when you have a hundred or 200, sure. or 300, right. And so the goal for us this year, like we talk about quantity or volume of licenses, I think we'll sell 300 licenses this year, right. The challenge or opportunity exists is there's a lot of territory that's open and available, right. And a lot of need that exists. You could do comfortably way more than that. And probably still not fill the need or the demand that exists for people to get access to care. Sure. And so for you, one of your visions for the year is to build the infrastructure behind it to support this massive growth. And I know that yeah. takes a lot of leadership from your standpoint. When you think about uh, franchisees, uh, bringing on new franchisees, new licensees, what do you look for uh, in terms of characteristics? What, what are you looking for in a future franchisee? Yeah, you know, what's been really interesting to me is the characteristics of these folks that have come uh, have, they're very different, right? We have some veterans, we have some doctors, we have some C- CEOs or IT executives. We have a, just a smattering of folks from, from background, but they all are very interested in the concept of this isn't proven in the franchise world yet. The model is super exciting and the idea is super exciting. I want to build and shape how this works overall, right? So I don't know what that characteristic is, but these people are willing and early adopters to to say, hey, like, let's do this thing together and build this thing as we grow. So that's been very interesting. The second thing is we like people that have a strong passion for mental health. Like to me, this is not an opportunity that say, hey, I got to find a 15 or 20% net business. This looks like a cool thing. Let me get into it, right? Like we really believe service over policy. We believe in client experience first, all those things that, that beget revenue and dollars, but it's because we have a passion to fill this gap, a passion to provide access and quality care, a passion to destigmatize mental health, right? All those things. So that passion is really important to us. And we have our decision days. We have a lot of conversation, people to share their story, whether it be one-on-one or in a group setting. Sure. And people are not afraid to share. And you get in these groups, and you think people might not be as vulnerable as you would maybe expect in a large group of 25 people or 40 people. And yeah. it's powerful to see how willing they are to share. You think about that characteristic, that courage that exists to, to take on something that's not proven in the franchise world and the courage to be bold about something that's a lot less uh, stigmatized than it has been. But still, there's some stigma about it. It's just been very cool to see that those characteristics for sure. So it's, it's very much about being an early adopter, somebody that wants to be an entrepreneur, but more importantly is they've got a passion to make an impact in people's lives around mental health, right? They, yes. They've got some kind of tie to it. Uh, that, that makes a lot of sense. Let me take the question a, a little differently. 
when you think about successful business people, what characteristics do you think a successful business person needs to have? Well, I think, I think there's a couple of things I think trust is a, is a big thing that's important to me. And I, I say trust in a, in a bunch of different ways, uh, trust in your partners, trust in the people who are doing the work, like in our industry, in this model, the entrepreneur or the franchisee in most cases is not the one providing therapy, right? So trust has to be extended to, to that person, right? Uh, someone that is like has financial acumen in the manner that can, they can translate it into something that's not financial acumen, right? Like yep. I, I think I'm okay financially, but I don't talk in a financial sense, right? It doesn't, doesn't correlate or translate in this industry at all. Right. But people that can translate complex financial things and easy to understand processes and connect behaviors that drive financial outcomes is something that's important and powerful. And I think someone that has patience. Right. I mean, and not patience in our industry, like patience, but like patience, the ability to, yeah. to, to take the time and, and do it right. Right. I think people that try to jump in and race to do things quickly often don't do it well. Right. Measure yeah. twice, cut once, all those all those sayings that exist, those are things that are important to me. And then I think the thing that Ellie, that we like a lot is people that are innovative, right? People that aren't afraid to take chances, right? And in this case, they're taking a chance on Ellie, but we like to be innovative and try new things, right? Like we don't mind failing if we fail fast, but we like to be innovative, like to stay ahead of the curve. And that's important for us and our franchisees too. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, entrepreneurs by the nature of are problem solvers, right? And so mm -hmm. they just, they kind of set the tone. Good. Got it. Um, what is the best piece of advice somebody's ever given you? Oh, that, uh, that's, it's, it's going to sound really simple, but it's, it's carrying me. I used it this morning, actually. Um, it's the concept of assuming positive intent, right? Like I always assume positive intent. And someone told me that, like, there's so many things that we do and it. And at Ellie today, an example is there's so many people doing so many things, driving this business forward and decisions get made or conversations get had, right? And sometimes we're not a part of those things. But I believe that the people that are making those choices are doing what's best for Ellie or what they think is best for Ellie. Or when I have a conversation with someone and they're frustrated or they have a tone of voice, it's not because they're mad at me. It's because they're trying to figure something out or whatever. Like this concept of assuming positive intent has carried me in my career prior to Ellie. It's carried me through Ellie. It's been something that's really important to me. And if, if I talk to anyone about like what I expect, that's one of the things that I expect. Positive intent. That's awesome. What is your favorite book? Oh, man, I haven't read this book in a long time, and I probably read it three or four times. And it's it's around innovation. It's a book called uh, It's Your Ship. And it's about a uh, Navy Admiral, uh, Mark, Ab ah, I'm going to get his name wrong, Abershoff, uh, who took over a Navy, Navy vessel that was underperformed, but it was brand new, super powerful, all bells and whistles. It was about creating culture and empowerment. Right. And how to let sailors be innovative in an industry that is historically not innovative. Right. It's very structured. Right. Yeah. The military by nature has a playbook and he was able to be creative and allow people to do what they were good at and be part of solutions and solve problems. And it was just a very cool book, especially uh, when I first read it. I was a young kid, um, like in my early 20s, running a store at a retail company. And it kind of just carried me through. And I've read it three or four times. But it's just the book has always stuck with me. Well, thank you. I, I'm going to have to pick that one up. I, I love books like that. So, Chris, uh, I started out by saying you're you're going to make a huge impact in, in the world. I, I'm really impressed with what you've created with LA Mental Health Care. 
And it's going to be exciting to watch you build this to make a difference in so many people's lives. So you got to be very proud of what you are creating. And, and we're excited to watch you continue to, uh, to roll this out throughout the United States. Oh, thank you. It, it's been very cool. And I think the coolest part, and I, I tell this to the Repum team, uh, the people I get to meet, right? Like I came from a corporate America world into LE, and now we're exploring the franchising, which is something that I, I didn't really understand. And the people that you meet along the way have been very fun, right? Like I've been fortunate to, to meet you and the team at, at Franchise, and I've met just so many cool people. And the amount of people that you find and send to us is very humbling, right? Like, and the people you send us are fantastic, right? The quality of people that you get, and I don't know that everyone fits, right? Like I sure. don't know how your process works, but the people you send us have been very cool. And so the people we've met along the way has probably been as fun as success that we've had. So yeah. thank you for having me. I'm as excited about it, about being a part of this as, uh, as anybody. All right, keep making a difference. Thanks again for your time today. Thanks for listening to the Hire Yourself podcast. For more resources, check out our website at hireyourself.com. And remember to subscribe to this podcast to receive each episode. Please leave us a rating and we'd love to hear your feedback or suggestions for topics.